daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here for the Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today is October 11th, 2021. On today's show, we're going to talk about the Big 12 teams that are in the AP Top 25. Then we're going to talk about the, you know, kind of a stock report almost for the the Big 12 teams. We're going to group them into tiers, uh, you know, basically based off of, all right, what's your shot of making it to Dallas and competing in the Big 12 championship? You know, where are teams falling in terms of, uh, you know, tier one, tier two, tier three, you know, uh, def, you know probably going, uh, have a shot at going, you know, and probably not going kind of the way we're going to break those three things up. Um, on today's show. Before we get into it, guys, make sure you follow us on Twitter uh, at LOBig12. I'm there at Josh Neighbors underscore. If you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, so you can listen when you can't watch the YouTube video. And then also make sure you guys, uh, if you're watching the, or excuse me, if you're uh, listening and not watching YouTube, find us on YouTube. Locked on Big 12. We're over 210 subscribers now. So uh, keep building that up and love hearing from you all when we have the episodes posted. All right, so let's get to the rankings and talk Big 12 teams in the top 25. So the new AP ranking came out. Georgia is in first place. Uh, 62 AP voters uh, vote. All 62 say Georgia is your number one team. I don't think there's any argument right there. Iowa is two. Let's go to number three, because if the AP poll were the playoff rankings, and it's not, I know, but if the AP poll were the playoff rankings, the season ended today, the two teams sitting three and four, Oklahoma, and then, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma's number four, Cincinnati is number three. And I know Cincinnati is not in the Big 12 just yet, um, but, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about them anyway. And, and I know the people on YouTube have been asking, uh, you know, they said, hey, more coverage of the four incoming teams. So Cincinnati is at 5-0, and and they are currently undefeated. I know we touched on this before. Um, with wins at Indiana and in, in South Bend, um, that worked out. That works out very well for them. They've got a, they're playing a UCF this week, another team joining the Big 12 Conference. They've also got SMU on the schedule, and those two games to me are kind of their biggest remaining test this season. Also, I think at Navy's a little tricky because Navy just the way they play and kind of suck the life out of a game. And this is not a, uh, this is not a team in Cincinnati. It's, I mean, last, last week's offense was high powered for sure, but you can see it. Their offense is not perfect. It's far from perfect. Um, it doesn't matter that was done an excellent job this season. So I think, you know, this is the conversation is what's it going to take for Cincinnati to get in. And it's my opinion that they don't have to smoke everybody. Like this is not, this idea somehow they have to win and win pretty all the, all the time to me is is far fetched. They've got wins on the road against Indiana, who I know is not a great team, and they've got a road uh, a road win against Notre Dame. And I've made this point several times, and I want to make it again here on the show. If let's just say Clemson had lost that first game to Georgia, if Clemson ran the table the rest of the way, uh, and and end up making you know going to a college ball playoff, nobody would bat an eye. Um, but the problem is, if you compare their schedule to Cincinnati's, Cincinnati's is more, you know, it's it's probably equal to the amount of difficulty that that we're going to see on Clemson's schedule. Clemson's schedule is just not very good. So, if you stacked up those two schedules, an 11-1 for Clemson with a loss 
um, you know, a, a loss against Georgia, and you compare that to a, a 12 or 13 and 0 for Cincinnati with wins at Notre Dame, uh, you know, win against SMU, a, a win at Indiana, um, and whoever they play in the in the championship game, like it, it's pretty, it would be pretty even to me. And I think I still think Cincinnati would have a tough time getting in, which they shouldn't. So I think the problem is once again, it, it is a branding conversation. Because it's Clemson, because they go 11 and 0, it wouldn't matter the schedule. They'd get the nod regardless of, of how things went down. Cincinnati, they are undefeated right now, and we're still having to have the conversation of, oh, they need style points. It's very BCS esque, right? We, we always talk about, hey, you got to get some style points for the computers. Um, that, that to me is ridiculous. I, I think we really should value what we're seeing right now from Cincinnati. And they're definitely one of the top three teams in the country. I'll be interested to see what happens, um, as the season progresses. And I'm also very curious about once Cincinnati has a close game, which I, I mean, they're bound to have a couple, maybe one or two close games here down the stretch. How is the, uh, how are the rankings going to affect them? Are they going to drop spots because they weren't as dominant as, as the playoff committee or as AP voters wanted to see them? That's what I'm curious about here as we move forward. Number four, Oklahoma. It's funny. Oklahoma is 6-0, and they're two spots back from where they started off this season. Um, I'm trying to think, is there any other – there's definitely not an undefeated team right now that is further back than where they were to start off the season. But isn't that weird to think Oklahoma is 6-0 and they're two spots back from where they began this season in terms of the rankings. Um, and that just kind of goes to show you, it just kind of goes to show you how Oklahoma, the kind of the, the duality, if, if, if you will, the idea that Oklahoma is undefeated but also has yet to play their best football has looked weak on defense at times, and the offense has been anemic at times. Now, on the other side of the coin, there have been moments like Spencer Rattler's game against Kansas State where the offense was efficient, it was successful, it was ruthless in many cases, and then there are cases like the uh, West Virginia game where it was not. Now, to say that Oklahoma with Caleb Williams at the helm, we'll see what the situation is. It was funny. ESPN had a graphic promoting um, TCU-OU, they put both Rattler and Caleb Williams on the graphics. So it shows, you know, there's there's some conversation happening about, you know, who's going to be the starter moving forward. Obviously, I think it's got to be Caleb Williams um, as they head towards the back part of their schedule just because of the, the way that he lifted them over Texas. Now, I do think there are going to be some situations this year where it's – that was such an emotionally charged game. Um, that What happened at the end of that game is just not sustainable. Um, some of the throws that he was making, obviously touchdown run, like – that kind of stuff is not – if it happens on a week-by-week basis, Caleb Williams is, is a – you know, he's a can't-miss quarterback at that point in time. Um, I'm really I'm really intrigued to see what happens when they go up against a defense like Iowa State's, when they go up against a defense like Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State's. Um, we're going to get those matchups, obviously, later on in the season. But, you know, I, I'm, I am curious to see what happens when a, a really good defense gives a – rookie quarterback, rookie quarterback, a freshman quarterback problems. And also how's the offensive line respond as well? That's, that's a big key. But once again, by hook or by crook, and this feels like for both Oklahoma teams, it's kind of the, the methodology here. I mean, they have been grinding out victories this season, right? You, you kind of look at the, uh, both teams' resumes. The next team in the rankings from the Big 12 Conference is Oklahoma State. But look at Oklahoma's resume this year. We talked about it some yesterday. Five-point win, seven-point win, three-point win, six-point win, seven-point win. They had a 76-point win over Western Carolina, 
but all of their games against Division One competition have all been one-score contests. Flip that on the other way. Now, once again, they're six and zero, oh, so we have to value that. Um, and it feels like a lot of teams are vulnerable this year, except for Georgia. But Oklahoma on a big stage against an Alabama, how would they do? You know, they argument, hey, A&M just beat them. Uh, why couldn't OU? Correct, correct. But that, that, that despite the score, uh, that A&M defense was holding on for dear life and got some big stops in that game to help them out. Could Oklahoma's defense do that? I think they get some timely stops, but could they, you know, could they control a game? Um, that's a big question for me moving forward. It's weird to see a six and O team drop two spots, but also it feels like it feels like they they're just they just win. Like they are they are that is a winning program. It's a winning culture. Um, and luckily for them, there there's no team in the Big Twelve right now that's got it figured out on both sides of the ball. There's no team that Oklahoma is going to be an underdog against right now. Uh, just not the way the conference is shaping up for Oklahoma State. Uh, a six, a seven point win over Missouri State, a five point win over Tulsa, a one point win over Boise, an eleven point win over Kansas State, which was convincing, and a ten point win over Baylor. Uh, these have not been especially convincing teams. That being said, Oklahoma State five and zero on a much needed buy right now, uh, number twelve in the country after having an off week. They sat idly; they did not move back. Um, in the rankings, but they're five and zero, and they're gonna uh, they're, they're gonna go take on Texas this week in a huge matchup. So uh, Oklahoma State, they're the next team that we're looking at. All right, quick break here, pause for the cause uh, before we keep going with the rankings. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. It is the best way to play daily fantasy for college. They've got over unders on touchdowns, interceptions, yards gained, all those kinds of things are available right now at Prize Picks. You go there today, the app is available in a majority of states. When you go there, what you can do is uh, you can sign up. It's free to do. Use that promo code Locked On. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, Locked On. They'll match your first deposit up to $100 right now at Prize Picks. So go get in the game today at Prize Picks. Download the app at the iOS or Android stores. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, so once again, the the three teams we just talked about, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, and uh, Oklahoma State. I know Cincinnati is not a Big 12 team yet, but they are coming in, so it bears mentioning In the back part of the top 25, you've got BYU at number 19. They had a really puzzling, weird game against Boise. Um, They deserve the drop, and now they're going to go take on Baylor this week. And I I think after Baylor's win um, last week, I know West Virginia might not be held in the highest esteem right now, but to me, I think Baylor should be ranked. I think they're a top 25 team. I think they've shown that quality. I know things did not go their way, and and also um, they are, if you want to do like rankings, um, they are t- ranked 28th, if you will. Uh, 26 would be Auburn. 27 would be Clemson. They will be 28 right now in terms of receiving votes. So that game's really intriguing this week. But BYU, um, the Jeff Grimes, Eric Mateos Bowl 
and we'll see if they get back on track. Not an easy place to do it, but BYU's had a fun, robust, and difficult schedule so far this year, which has been fun to watch them navigate. Number 25, it's Texas. They're 4-2. and two. This feels like the right spot. I know there's been a lot of consternation and talk about, look, Texas blew a lead. Um, the fact that Steve Sarkeesian's team was that good and that competitive in that game in his first season when, when things have kind of been weird to start off the year, um, to me is – I know Tom Herman was close and actually won one of them, so I wouldn't say, I guess, progress. I know a lot of Texas fans feel like it's the same thing as always. But once again, I'm going to maintain this. This is not Steve Sarkeesian's team. This is either not the players that Steve Sarkeesian selected – to start the year. It's just not where they're at right now. Uh, or selected, excuse me, recruited to start the year. Now they've got good talent. Uh, you know, they've got good, got some talent defensive lines, not really played that well this year. Obviously, DeMarvian Overshone uh, is awesome for them as well. On offense, they've got Jordan Weddington and, and, uh, and Roshan Johnson and B. John Robinson and Xavier Worthy. Casey Thompson, really effective in that game against Oklahoma. Um, they're just, you know, like the once again the question is for them in games where the talent is a bit even, can they can they maintain is the question right? They can succeed. We saw it twenty eight seven, able to get up get a big lead and, and and keep it for a little while. Can you maintain the lead? Can you finish the game? And it's a group that has not played a ton of football together uh, at this point in time. All these guys, you know, especially Bijan and and Case Thompson. Um, they are learning to be focal points of the offense. Now, Bijan's picked it up seamlessly. Casey has as well, too. But the defense, you know, the defense needs to get a few more stops uh, in that game. That's really where things need to need to, need to to get better. I, I think Pete Kwiatkowski is going to get it there. It may not be this year. It might, be, it might be down the road, so I might have to wait a little bit on that. But they are um, – they need to get that trending in the right direction because the, the times where they've played heavy hitters, they've played teams with some, you know, uh, I would say equal offensive ability – They've got or equal athletic ability, I should say. They've gotten absolutely steamrolled by their by the opposing offense. Arkansas, big physical, they push Texas around. Oklahoma, um, you know, they can be physical. They ended up being pretty physical in the end. They were they were wearing Texas out in the end of that game. I mean, that that game, you know, they were Texas was sucking some serious win later on. They were getting just pushed around at the point of attack. Oklahoma was going up and down the field on them easily. That's the big thing for them is they, they got to correct that. They got to they correct their defensive issues, um, and for them to, to get better. I'm not as down as a lot of people are saying, oh, what's you know, is this different than Tom Herman? Like, you need to have some level of patience. This sport, there is no patience by anybody. Um, I saw our buddies from Locked On Gators said, who has a hotter seat, Dan Mullen or, um, or Urban Meyer? It's like, Dan Mullen? What? Like, we're going we're gonna to fire Dan Mullen? Now, Ed Orgeron at Ole Miss, uh, LSU, I know they won a championship a couple of years ago, but that that is an example of something, okay, this is trending in the wrong direction. And, you know, you can, you can argue that, hey, uh, Joe Brady and Dave Aranda were huge parts, huge parts of that of that team um, having the success that they did. They're gone, and this was probably lightning in a bottle. They've got other issues at the program as well off the field right now involving players. they got an investigation going on there too. So – that that's the kind of time where you can hit the panic button, but doing stuff like asking if Dan Mullins should be fired. Um, you know, Matt Wells is a great candidate for talking about, Hey, should it be gone? Somebody commented why WTF is he not gone? He's, you know, they're four and two and they got hammered by TCU at home, but look, they need to make some progress. And I think seven wins might save Matt Wells job um, at this point in time. We'll see. We'll see. But that that's, that's an appropriate situation to ask questions. You know, Mike Gundy, I, I kind of asked about it last year and it turns out I was wrong, right? You know, uh, 
Um, he's really settled this year, and they've done a great job. And um, you know, could Oklahoma State do better? I don't know if they could. You know, I was just asking the question because he's been there forever. But one year in, four games in, like this isn't like, like Steve Sarkeesian's not publicly embarrassing your team in the way that like you know an Urban Meyer is doing in Jacksonville right now. So I think the idea that somehow you know we have to ask questions and nobody's asking for him to be fired. But like, is this different than Tom Herman? Give the guy some time. Give the guy a little bit of time. And also, it's not like he's not bringing over that stuff from Alabama. A lot of those play calls that we see getting the ball to Bijan. And getting the, the first play that we saw, Xavier Worthy, um, that was a play that they used for Devontae Smith all the time. And B. John Robinson, a lot of that stuff is stuff they use for Najee Harris all the time. So he's bringing that stuff over. They got to get that defense in gear. They got to get that thing coming, humming along and, and coming along right now. Um, and that's the problem for Texas. So I think any kind of esoteric, greater questioning of Texas and what are they right now and is something wrong? No, it's, it's a bad loss. It's, it is a bad loss. There's no doubt about it. It's a bad loss. Um but offensively, proof of concept is there 100%. It's there 100%. Um, and, and I know Sark has not always made the right choices. He's had a tough time with the, the clock management. wasn't good at the end of the first half. Um, and, and the quarterback situation was a little bit, you know, botched in the beginning of the season. But but to his credit, I mean, he you know, he, the mistakes have been correct and the offense is has been dynamic. And they've got dynamic playmakers and they're figuring out how to get those guys the ball. And you can't say that thing about, you can't say that about the last Texas head coaching administration either. Um, so, you know, Texas, I think they are a top 25 team. They got to get that defense. They got to get them working in shape. Uh, there's no, no doubt about that. All right. One more break on today's show before we go to our tiers uh, of big 12 teams. Um, today's show is brought to you by built bar. Built bar is the best tasting, best for you protein bar in the game today. Go to built bar dot com right now excuse me built.com right now use that promo code lock 15 it's l-o-c-k-e-d one five lock 15 you'll get 15 percent off today they've got built boost they've got built go uh they've got plenty of products there that are worth taking a look at right now go to built.com it's built.com promo code locked 15 all right so big 12 tiers um I've got tier one, CN Dallas, tier two, contenders to make it, and then tier three, outside looking in. Um, so Oklahoma is the only team I have in tier one, and um, you could maybe make the argument that Oklahoma State should be there, but but I know I'm a fan of assessing teams based off of you know, sole seasons. This is Lincoln Riley, who is the best coach in the conference. This is a team that is undefeated. Excuse me. This team just um, had a five-star quarterback replace a potential Heisman winner or a Heisman frontrunner beginning of the season and went on to win a game. Um, I mentioned that to say they are loaded. They are absolutely stacked. Marvin Mims, Jaden Hazelwood, five stars, Eric, Eric Gray, Kennedy Brooks, um, high-caliber players, obviously. On defense, Jalen Redmond and Isaiah Thomas and Perion Winfrey. I mean, they've got all of these guys, uh, Nick Benito. Uh, they've got all of these guys on their on their defensive line, um, and you know this is a this is such a loaded team that it's like how do you not have uh, how do you not have faith in them this season? I mean, just like just kind of telling about all those guys to say like the talent level on this team is extremely high, um, extremely high this season, and they deserve to be in that top tier because number one they're six and zero. Oh, 
Number two, they've taken out Texas. They took out West Virginia. They took out Kansas State. They, they've knocked out some, some tough opponents so far. Obviously, they've got Baylor left in the schedule. They still have TCU, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. Those are very difficult games coming up. Right now, they're 6-0 at the top of the league. Um, with Oklahoma State right now, who has not lost a game in the conference. But if you're to ask me which team I really feel better about today, I would tell you Oklahoma. I, I would definitely say that. I know despite all the quarterback issues, that's what I would say. And so I, I think it's a CU in Dallas type situation because they've won six straight, because of their, uh, you know, just their proven track record and the fact that they've got talent everywhere. And if things aren't working out, they can kind of go to that talent. Um, they do need to figure out the secondary. It's a bit of an issue for them. But I think Oklahoma deserves to be in tier one, the CU in Dallas tier. Tier two, Oklahoma State's got to be the first team you mentioned, right? This this is an undefeated 5-0 football team. They've got a lot of difficult games coming up for them, a lot of difficult games remaining. But at this point in time, they're still 5-0. <coughs> Excuse me. They, they, they uh, got a win over a very good Baylor team uh, last week. And, you know, they got the win on the road against Boise State. Once again, that was not a convincing victory, if you will. But they still get the job done in that game. The, the quality wins for them, really, that Kansas State game, Baylor game, the Boise game, three really good wins. Now things turn up for them. Texas, Iowa State, both those games are on the road. Um, as They are a contender. I don't know if they make it. I mean, I think when you're talking about at Texas, at Iowa State, and then you, uh, you also have um, Oklahoma at the end of the year, too. Like, just think about those three games. You know, at best, I think you go two and one. Uh, I, I think uh, Oklahoma State fans would say we're number, number two in the country. Let's make it 3-0. and You're going to be underdogs at Texas, and, if, and you know, if things play out the way we think, you're going to be an underdog at Iowa State as well. So I would say for for them, um, you know, one and two is actually respectable in that stretch. Two and one would be optimal if you actually if you end up going uh, uh, two and one. I mean – if they go two and one that stretch, they're going to the Big Twelve Championship game. There's a very good chance they go to the Big Twelve Championship game. If they go two and one against Texas, Iowa State, and OU, the ones I'm worried about down the stretch for them, at West Virginia and at Texas Tech, feel like games to me that are dangerous for them because their offense is not working. They could find themselves in a low-scoring uh, affair, and if their defense slips up, which I mean they're gonna they're bound to at some point, um, and that's okay because you know they've been phenomenal all season long. Uh, that, that's where I'm more worried about them. But right now, they are Tier 2. They are a contender for, to go to the Big 12 Championship game. Baylor. I got my Baylor shirt here. It came in the mail. I'm still waiting on uh, my first order. I did Baylor, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, and BYU. Um, Cincinnati and Baylor are here, waiting on the last two to come in, Oklahoma State and, uh, and BYU coming in. But, yeah, the Baylor Bears deserve to be in this category. I mean, what else can you say? This, this, that was a comprehensive victory over West Virginia. Now, West Virginia is two and four now, I believe, but um, their losses were a close game to Maryland, a close game to Oklahoma. I'm trying to think uh, uh, where else they, they, they dropped games. Oh, the close one against Tech. Um, they don't get blown out, right? That's kind of the thing is, is West Virginia has not gotten blown out at all this year. Uh, they just don't. And so I would say that because of the way, you know, Baylor handled them, um, that shows me that they are a good football team. They bounce back from the loss with an ass kicking, and that's what I like to see. So Baylor put them right there, and also Gary Bohannon's getting better. The offense getting better. I know they had a, a blip against um, Oklahoma State, but they came back the next week against a really good West Virginia defense and rolled them, and they did a great job. So I think Baylor is definitely going to be one of those teams that we have to consider now. 
They've got one loss in the conference, which is a, is significant. Um, that that puts you behind the eight ball. But but it, it, because of because of the way the conference is working out this year, Oklahoma State, Texas, Baylor, Iowa State, all those teams are going to be my tier two here. Uh, you know, the, 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 what they all have in common is they all have one loss in conference, save Oklahoma State. So the winner, the the second place team in the Big Twelve could easily be a two-loss team in conference. It really could. Um, so that that kind of brings us now to Texas. I've got Texas in here because they just played Oklahoma. Um, they were just up 28-7. They, um, they scored 70 points recently in a game against uh, a, a conference opponent in, in, in Texas Tech. Uh, offense accounted for 63 of those, uh, I believe, because they had the pick six in that game. But they are still a threat to make it because of how talented that offense is. Now their schedule too. Um, they, you know, it's their schedule is difficult because they still have Iowa State left, um, still have Oklahoma State left, right? So they've got it. They've got to make sure they take care of business in those games. But they beat TCU in a game they, you know, they've had trouble winning on the road. And so for them, this is the big stretch. This is the big three right here: Oklahoma State at home, at Baylor, at Iowa State. Um, you need if you want to win the conference, uh, or you want to have a chance to go play for a Big Twelve championship. You have to go two and one in the stretch. There's no doubt about it. You have to go two and one, and that keeps you in the hunt. That keeps you around. Doesn't guarantee you a spot, but it keeps you around. So they get two and one in the stretch. They're in. They're in this thing. Um, and then we go to Iowa State. So Iowa State is a really interesting case because obviously they, uh, you know, were a team that was so highly touted coming into the season, and we know uh, their struggles are, are very much well documented. Obviously, the loss to Iowa, loss to Baylor. Um, they have. You know, their schedule is um, – the back part of it is where it gets really tricky. Uh, they have Kansas State next on the road this week, which is a huge game for them. Uh, they absolutely have to win that game if they want to have any chance of, uh, of uh, competing for a conference championship. They have Oklahoma State next at West Virginia, Texas, at Tech, at OU, TCU. Schedule is difficult. But, but that being said, if they find that form that – we know they're capable of, and I know it was Kansas. Um, their defense is still fantastic, and if their offense can cut down the mistakes and convert when they need to, um, they they can they can run the table. Like they actually they actually can run the table. They have that kind of capability, experience, coaching, all those things. Like always for Iowa State, it's going to be on the shoulders of Brock Purdy. Uh, it's gonna it's gonna be on him to see how things go up. Uh, or, you know how how things kind of uh, go on here. Uh, actually, we're gonna do we're gonna do four tiers. So tier three, I'm going to put TCU in tier three right now, and they they were I mean what a odd start to the season for for Gary Patterson's team. Um, they have an outside shot at making it. That's that's what I'm putting down here for tier three. They are outside uh, a shot of, of making the Big Twelve championship game. Um, they're one one of the conference. Anytime you just have one conference loss that does put you kind of right in the, you know, you're still, still around, still can't neglect you. So um, I'd bump them up to contender if they gave me a bit more consistency, right? If their defense could step up and play at a higher level, their defense played really good in the first half. Uh, they played really well rather in the first half. Um, but now they're at Oklahoma, West Virginia, Kansas state, Baylor at Oklahoma state, KU at ISU. Their schedule doesn't really have any brutal stretch in it. Um, at Kansas state, Baylor and at Oklahoma state is the toughest stretch that they're going to face the rest of the way. It's a tough three-game stretch. And I think TCU, the goal for them at this point in time is they've got three wins right now. 
Um, if you look at their schedule, I see definitely I think they can get to six wins. They've got West Virginia at home. We can say it's a win. If they beat Kansas, which we think they will, it's five. Um, if they get Baylor at home, that would give them six, or at Kansas State would give them six. Um, they they do have a path to seven to eight wins. Eight wins would be, I think, pretty good for them. But eight wins, I don't think, gets you a spot in the Big 12 championship game. So I'm putting kind of uh, TCU in that tier three outside looking in. Actually, we'll, we'll do we'll do uh, more teams in this tier, I believe, because you know, outside looking in. I said two losses will get you in there, and there are some two loss teams. Kansas State is going to be on the on the outside looking in here because um, it you know if Skylar Thompson is back and he is healthy and looks good and we'll see if he is this week um, you know the, the bye week for them came at a perfect time to get him back and get him going they're zero and two in the conference um, but they still feel like the group out of all the teams with at least two losses or two or more losses um, the Texas Tech Kansas State Kansas West Virginia group. If anybody's going to make a push out of that group, it's going to be Kansas State, and they've got the ability to do that. But they got to keep Skylar Thompson on the field. That is absolutely paramount. Is the number one thing they have to do is keep Skylar Thompson on the field, and they feel very dangerous if they do. They feel um, just the way they manage games and manage the clock. So I'm going to put Kansas State in the outside looking in. Um, then you kind of go to teams that we feel like uh, tier four. Can't be done, it feels like. And for for the can't be done group, KU, obviously, that's a project. We'll, we'll talk about them more as the season goes on. Um, West Virginia's 0-3 now in the conference. So WVU has to be there. And I know Texas Tech only has two losses, right? I know they only have, uh, they only have two losses on the season. But there's really – nobody believes in that team that they can go and get it done, especially if it's Henry Columbia quarterback. That when they had – at West Virginia was a really nice win. They're four and two. I think the upshot for Texas Tech is that um, they've got a great opportunity to win six games this year. They're at four and two right now. They still have Kansas left. They've got uh, Kansas State at home. Um, but the, the back part of it's pretty difficult. They go at Oklahoma, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, at Baylor. So if they can find a way to get to six, I think that's a success for them, especially if we're not, you know, not going to see Tyler Shuck for a while. So if they can get to six, that's good. Is that good enough to save Matt Wells' job? I don't know. But they do have a legitimate chance uh, to get that far. West Virginia, obviously, I talked about before, um, they are out of this thing, and they should make a quarterback change. Um, once again, I like Neil Brown, and he's a good coach, but that offense is – it is a disaster. Uh, it's a total disaster that offense is. So, yeah, got to get that going in the right, right direction. All right, once again, Tier 1, see you in Dallas is what it's called. Oklahoma, I've got them there. Tier 2, contenders, Oklahoma State. Texas, Baylor, Iowa State, no particular order. If you want me to kind of rank them almost, I would say Oklahoma State, Iowa State, because I know what they're capable of. Baylor, even though I know I know Baylor beat Iowa State, but um, you know, still I still have some some reservations. And Texas after that. Then tier three, TCU and Kansas State. That is the outside looking in. Then tier four, uh, not a chance, is KU, West Virginia, uh, and Texas Tech. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You can follow me at JoshGabers underscore. Till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.